Hey friends, Space Castle is and always will be a fun place to get excited about things we're nostalgic for, or to discover new stuff and get hyped over it, and it always will be. But I feel the need to kick this episode off on something of a somber note. This of course being a look back at the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers franchise, it just wouldn't be right to not start things off with a mentioning of the very recent and tragic passing of Jason David Frank, who played Tommy Oliver. Tommy started out as the evil Green Ranger who became good and joined the team. Then later on, he became the White Ranger, the Zeo Red Ranger, the Red Turbo Ranger, and finally the Black Dino Ranger. As Tommy, Jason David Frank was the longest tenured member of the cast, and he was the most recurring character in the entire franchise. Honestly, it's pretty fair to say that his name is synonymous with Power Rangers at this point. And he was even still appearing as Tommy in short films and special appearances until his very untimely and tragic death on November 20th, 2022. I never met him personally, but I actually know people who have, and he seemed to have a huge personality, and he was a gigantic inspiration to countless kids who grew up in the 90s and beyond. It seemed like he genuinely loved and embraced his fame from Power Rangers, and he used it to make kids feel good about themselves and feel like they could achieve anything. He also became something of an ambassador to mixed martial arts, aka MMA, and uh, he drew an entire generation of new fans to the sport. Friends, if you're having a difficult time and you feel that things aren't looking great, please know that it's okay to ask for help. Permanent solutions to temporary problems are never the answer, and even when you think things are at their darkest, there is always someone there who will listen and help you through. It could be a family member, it could be a friend, or it could be a professional with the knowledge and training to help you understand what you're feeling and help you find the tools to overcome. If you or someone you know is going through a tough time and you're concerned for their well-being, please, please reach out to someone who loves them or call 988, the National Crisis Hotline here in the United States. You are loved, you are important, and things absolutely can and will get better. Welcome back to Space Castle. It's your clubhouse for all things nerdy. My name is DT, and I'm that friend your parents always liked more than you. This week, I'm taking a look back at Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, a live-action TV series that aired on Fox Kids from 1993 to 1995. Yes, I know the series went on well past that time and is actually still going on today, but I'm going to focus on the original run of the series and those first three seasons which meant the most to me personally. No offense to Zeo Rangers, Turbo Rangers, Dino Rangers, and In Space fans, you're all welcome at the table, you're all part of the family, but my jam is, and always will be, the original iteration of the franchise. That being said, let's get right into it. At this point, everybody knows the story. In 1993, a couple of astronauts on the moon, which weirdly in this series has an atmosphere, let's just go with it, discover a sealed container on the surface and they pop it open. Okay, so actually, I know somebody who works at NASA, and that's definitely not how things would go down, but again, let's just go with it. <laughs> Inside the sealed container is the evil Rita Repulsa and her gang of villains who have been contained for 10,000 years. Rita and her posse immediately set up camp on the moon, and they decide they're going to take over the Earth. And down on Earth, a being named Zordon is alerted to the fact that Rita's been freed, and he goes about preparing Earth's defense. Zordon and Rita were actually age-old enemies, and in their final battle, Rita was sealed away in the aforementioned container but not before she managed to imprison Zordon in a sort of, like, time warp thing. 
So while Rita has been imprisoned, Zordon and his robot pal Alpha-5, who also serves as sort of his assistant and second-in-command, go about creating a defense plan for Earth should Rita ever escape from her confinement. They kind of do this via like this weird like Skype type of situation because Zordon can only really communicate through this big like tube slash TV screen thing inside their sort of headquarters, which he actually created in Southern California as an intergalactic warrior would do. And he created what they call the Power Morphers and Zords, which are gigantic semi-sentient robot weapons to arm a team of warriors upon Rita's inevitable return. And she does return. And so Zordon and Alpha 5 recruit a bunch of uh, sophomores in high school, as an intergalactic warrior would do, (laughs) to be the Earth's only resistance against absolute and terrible destructive evil. So five kids are chosen, uh, not entirely randomly at all. There are five close friends in high school who already know a mixture of martial arts and gymnastics, and they hang out every day after school at a juice bar that also has a gym and martial arts practice spaces and all kinds of fucking balance beams and shit. Why not? These kids are Jason, Kimberly, Billy, Zach, and Trini, and they will go on to blow the fucking minds of everybody who is in grade school in 1993. The series itself is sort of a weekly rinse and repeat cycle of Rita Repulsa creating a monster to keep threatening the exact same fucking town in California uh, instead of spreading things out and like attacking Europe or Canada or I don't know fucking Utah or Idaho or something. But because she keeps attacking this exact same town in California every week, the Power Rangers are able to quickly respond and defeat each of these monsters every time she sends one of them out. So the show itself is actually kind of fucking brilliant in its creation. It's, of course, based on the Japanese TV series Kiyu Zentai Zayu Ranger, which has actually been in production and has been wildly popular and ongoing in Japan since, like, 1975. The original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as we know it here in America and Europe and Canada and so forth is actually the 16th iteration of Zayu Ranger in Japan, believe it or not. Power Rangers, as the American series, heavily recycles and relies on existing footage from the original Zayu Ranger series, with everything having to do with the American actors and plot lines sort of edited in and spliced in with footage from the original TV show. Now, what I say that the creation of this show is brilliant. It's because Saban Entertainment, the company that produced and distributed the series here in America, they only needed to purchase the rights to use the footage from the original Japanese show. Said footage contains most of the action sequences, special effects, costumes, and set design. So basically, all the difficult and expensive stuff is already done and readily available in an extensive archive of material to draw from, and all they really had to do stateside was hire a bunch of kids who knew martial arts, build some really fucking cheap sets, and do some occasional on-site like fight sequence shooting in and around LA, and they had a whole fucking show that they can pretty much run forever. <laughs> the show is designed to be cheaply produced, and if it was a success, it would basically print fucking money with very little overhead cost for Saban Entertainment, should their modest gamble pay off. And friends, like, holy fucking shit, did it pay off. The series debuted on Fox Kids in August of 1993, just in time for school to start back up, and it absolutely exploded into American pop culture. The show was an immediate smash hit. And when I say smash hit, I mean like the biggest fucking TV show for kids in the world. It averaged 4.8 million daily viewers in the first season, and that jumped up to 6.9 million daily viewers in season two. That is 7 million kids watching this show every goddamn day. Action figures could not get restocked fast enough. Every kid in grade school at the time was rocking a Power Rangers t-shirt to class if they could find one. Everybody in my fourth grade class would spend half of recess fighting over who got to be which Power Ranger before we'd scramble through the second half of recess, scaring the shit out of teachers and aides while pretending to punch the fuck out of each other. (laughs) That Christmas is still the only Christmas where I didn't get exactly what I wanted from Santa. 
I mean, like, even motherfucking Santa couldn't get his hands on enough Power Rangers figures that year because they were selling out so fast. I did eventually get the blue Power Ranger finger I so coveted right after Christmas, though, because my mom and dad fucking ruled. Thank you so much once again, mom and dad. The show was, at least from my own perspective as a nine-year-old at the time, pretty goddamn perfect. It was a flashy, loud, and ridiculous combination of sick guitar riffs, super cute girls that I immediately developed crushes on, rad teenage dudes that I wanted to grow up to be just like, fucking martial arts and weapons, and dinosaurs, and kaiju monsters. Aside from like Star Wars and Nintendo, all the things I just listed off pretty much held about 95% of the real estate in my brain before Power Rangers dropped. And when it came out, it pretty much just took over completely. It was 1993, Jurassic Park had just come out over the summer and kids were apeshit over dinosaurs. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was winding down in popularity in its first iteration and kids were primed for something to fill that spot in their lives. It was just the absolute goddamn perfect storm for the show to pop off and we ate it up. We could not get enough Power Rangers. And we didn't care, I mean, well, honestly, most of us didn't realize until much later that all the action sequences looked like they had been shot like 10 or 20 years prior. <laughs> there was a very distinct difference in the quality and the sort of film sort of grain and whatnot between the series as it was shot in America and all the recycled footage from the original Japanese show. Still, we waited with bated breath every single afternoon to see what sort of weird, freak-ass monster Rita would send to that same fucking town of California that week, and how the rangers would defeat it with the use of their zords. And like I said, so the zords were these giant robots that were gifted to the Power Rangers by Zordon. They were giant, sort of semi-sentient, like, robotic beings that were controlled manually by the, the rangers themselves. Each of them took on the form of a different prehistoric animal. You had the Tyrannosaurus Rex, Triceratops, Pterodactyl, Super 2 Tiger, and finally the Mastodon. Each of them were capable of waging battle on their own, especially the T-Rex Zord, who would often like 1v1 monsters, you know, in the episodes every once in a while. But the Zords had the ability to combine, just like Voltron, into a giant humanoid sort of mech called the Megazord, should the need arise. What happened from that point on was your standard classic Japanese kaiju action, where the giant monsters and robots would smash the fuck out of buildings and mountains. Before the battle was won, the rangers had to like go home and fucking do homework or whatever. And magically, the town of Angel Grove, California, had the resources and manpower to rebuild the city exactly as it was each week before a new monster would come barreling through the town again and wreck shit once more. <laughs> if, if you were living in Angel Grove in California in 1993, you weren't fucking investing in like stock in Microsoft or IBM. You were fucking basing your entire portfolio on fucking construction companies. And that's how things went on for 16 episodes in 1993 until Saban Entertainment dropped a goddamn fucking bomb on all of us. In episode 17, in season 1, titled Green with Envy, Rita Repulsa decided to change things up from her perpetually failing strategy and swing for the... Okay, well, she can't really swing for the moon because she's on the fucking moon, but she went all in and played her biggest gambit yet. She had in her possession a sixth power morpher, and she decided to transform the new kid in Angel Grove High, Tommy Oliver, into her own evil ranger to defeat the five good rangers. Friends, what ensued was the most captivating six-part television event anyone born in 1980 or earlier had ever experienced. The all-out absolute war between the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and this new evil Green Ranger, whose power rivaled all five of them combined, was nothing short of epic, shocking, and actually Probably a little traumatizing for a lot of kids. <laughs> but before we get to that, Goldblum, the Space Castle's own version of Alpha 5, is telling me that if I don't get to some messages from Earth right now, 
He's going to seal me in a container on the fucking moon for 10,000 years. So we'll be right back after this message from Earth with the most epic television event you've ever heard of. I'm Amanda. And I'm Jesse, And we're the host of See You Next Tuesday podcast. True crime podcast where we talk about the crimes against family members. Because let's be real, the ultimate See You Next Tuesdays in the world are the ones who commit crimes against family members. 100%. Right now we are covering a tough one, moms. But don't worry, we don't discuss the terrible crimes and leave you depressed. Before we go, we tell you about our star mom of the week that we think is killing it in motherhood. Give us a listen on most podcast platforms, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, Google, Stitcher, and more. Don't forget to like and subscribe. As always, we will see you next Tuesday. So, because this Power Ranger had his own power morpher and he drew his power from the same source as the good Power Rangers, Tommy Oliver, as the Green Ranger, was actually able to infiltrate the Power Rangers base, the command center, and completely fucking trash it. He wrecked Alpha 5 with a CD that had a virus on it. A fucking CD, y'all. The PlayStation wouldn't even come out for another year, home PCs weren't entirely common yet, and most of us hadn't even thought about using a CD for anything other than blasting the fucking Mortal Kombat soundtrack on our parents' stereo before they got home from work. So then Tommy went about destroying the command center's computer system, cutting off communication with Zordon, and ensuring that all the Power Rangers couldn't communicate with each other, or teleport to the command center when they need to, and they were largely on their own. From that point on, Rita Repulsa went about systematically fucking up the Power Rangers' whole lives. While Tommy wreaked havoc in their personal lives at school, he also secretly made their lives hell as Power Rangers. He was able to infiltrate the Zords and catch them off guard, his fighting prowess made short work of them individually, Thomas succeeded in even capturing Jason, the Red Ranger and the field commander for the Power Rangers, in the Dark Dimension, where he was at the mercy of Rita's own General Goldar. He was stuck there without his Ranger powers, struggling just to fucking survive, while this big monkey wolf fucking beast thing with wings and gold armor and a big sword was ruthlessly trying to fucking kill him. Meanwhile, the other Rangers, without Zordon, Alpha, and Jason, were entirely vulnerable and just getting their asses beat. At one point, the Power Rangers actually summoned the Megazord, that ultimate weapon I talked about before, just to fight the Green Ranger at normal human size. Dudes, the Megazord is like the atomic option for monsters that can't be defeated any other way. They called in this gigantic fucking robot weapon to fight a six-foot dude with a dagger. (laughs) That is how absolutely shook they were when the Green Ranger came onto the scene. Then Rita took it a step further, and she managed to succeed in dropping the Zords into the Earth's core, and they were just pretty well fucked at that point. Eventually, what happens is Billy the Blue Ranger, the smart one, was able to repair the command center's computers, allowing Jason the Red Ranger to escape Goldar and the Dark Dimension. He was able to finally teleport back to the command center. He was reunited with the Rangers, who all defeated Tommy by breaking Rita's spell and freeing Tommy from her evil. And guys, the late Jason David Frank, may he rest in peace, absolutely owned that Green Ranger role. This show has never been known for great acting or expensive production. And frankly, it's honestly known for being absolutely cheesy and goofy. But as kids, we were absolutely riveted by Jason David Frank and his portrayal of the most evil version of the characters that we had grown to love for the 16 weeks prior to his arrival. The dude was a solid martial artist. He was fun to watch, and it's no surprise that he stayed on as a main cast member, even after Tommy was defeated and turned back to good. And his character actually eventually became the leader of the Power Rangers. And he even starred as the lead in the franchise's first major motion picture. 
After Tommy joined the Power Rangers and the spell was broken, things were pretty dope for the Power Rangers, I gotta say. Tommy brought along a new, more powerful Dragon Zord, which combined with the other existing Zords to make an even more powerful Megazord. But Rita, that sneaky bitch she is. She created a candle which slowly drained Tommy's Green Ranger powers as it burned, eventually stripping him of all of his abilities and leaving him powerless. This shit was actually kind of fucking tragic. And we were all as heartbroken watching from home as the Power Rangers were at the loss of their dope new friend, who had this fucking dragon robot, and also had this like rad dagger that was also a flute that could like summon the Dragon Zord. That fucking dagger was also impossible to find in stores at a time. And fuck Josh in my fourth grade class are having one and bringing it to school every day so that only he could be the Green Ranger at recess. Josh, if you're listening, fuck you, buddy. Things worked out, though. As loopholes are often created in shows like this, Tommy was eventually able to keep using the Green Ranger power through frequent recharges, and he would eventually come into his own once more and become the White Power Ranger the most unfortunately named Power Ranger ever. <laughs> and a whole slew of new abilities and powers in a brand new Zord. It was pretty sweet. The White Tiger Zord was just dope as shit. It was rad. So this show actually did a pretty great job for a Fox Kids series, aimed at young kids, for building up stakes, never remaining at the status quo for too long, and always managing to mix things up. And I choose not to be cynical and say that it was because they needed a steady slew of new action figures and accessories to sell. <laughs> The show continuously felt fresh and interesting every week, at least to us as kids. And, you know, honestly, I basically kind of aged out of it around the time their first theatrically released movie came out. But I still had a ball with that movie. Season 2, honestly, though, is kind of where things started to slip for me personally. Three of the five Power Rangers, Jason the Red Ranger, Zack the Black Ranger, and Trini the Yellow Ranger, uh, the latter two also being incredibly, unfortunately named Power Rangers, and the source of a bit of controversy both at the time and years later, all three of those characters were eventually recast. The three actors actually went on strike due to being overworked and underpaid as leads in the show. And I mean, honestly, we weren't aware of this at the time we were kids, but as adults, I mean, their stance and their planned strike was actually completely warranted. Uh, obviously, I was entirely oblivious to such things as a kid, but the show's MO of being incredibly cheap while also making ridiculous amounts of money hand over fist extended to the cast and their salaries. And they were really only making like a few hundred dollars an episode, which is ridiculous. They worked long hours. They did interviews all the time and guest appearances and public appearances. They went on shopping mall tours. And they were massive stars and barely making any money at all doing it. The show was non-union and the actors that I mentioned before who played the Black, Red, and Yellow Rangers, they attempted to push the show towards being unionized. And rather than negotiating with the actors and, you know, kind of doing the right thing and becoming unionized... Saban Entertainment decided to fire all three of them outright, saying that their characters are going off to represent Angel Grove in some fucking world peace conference or something, which doesn't make any sense. I mean, if the world knew that Zack, Jason, and Trini were Power Rangers, I could absolutely see like NATO or the UN or whatever the fuck actually wanting world-defending superheroes to come attend a peace conference. That would make sense. Instead, it's just three teenagers who were fucking picked for some reason to go, and they go to this world conference to represent this small fucking town in Southern California. Because apparently this small town in Southern California needed representation on a global platform. The show was never really known for its uh, intricate and well-thought-out plot points. <laughs> and that's where the show, like I said, lost a lot of steam for me as a kid. Zach and Jason were two of the dopest and most badass Power Rangers, and Trini was awesome too. Tui Trang, rest in peace, she unfortunately died in a car crash uh, shortly after her stint on the show. Uh, their replacements. 
Rocky, Aisha, and Adam were just never nearly as compelling to me. And and I don't know, losing those key three members of the crew just kind of didn't really sit with me at the time. And my interest in Power Rangers actually kind of culminated and eventually dissipated with the release of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, in summer of 1995. We actually did an episode of our YouTube series, Real Drunk, on it, if you're interested. It's a great episode, and we actually had a blast drinking and joking our way through the movie, which we actually still, to this day, have a lot of love and affinity for. The Rangers got new, armored, movie-fied versions of their suits. They got uh, super fun actor Paul Freeman to play a brand new villain. And the movie features some absolutely fucking awful fight sequences and the worst CGI you've ever seen in your life. It's great. I highly recommend you check out the movie. It's awesome. (laughs) But by this point in the summer of 1995, I was nearly 12 years old. Grade school was coming to a close. And as all good things do, my time with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was slowly coming to an end. It was time to get involved with more adult stuff like the resurgence of popularity in Star Wars, RPGs on the Sony PlayStation, and even actual girls my own age. But Power Rangers still endures to this day. The show will celebrate its 30th fucking season on Netflix, if you can believe it. It's gone through a ton of changes and iterations and versions over the years with both Jason David Frank and Billy Yost, the original Blue Ranger actor, having revisited their characters and come back and shown up through the years. And as my generation gets older and starts having kids, the kids who come after us still to this day continue to discover the show and have their imaginations ignited by a group of teenagers driving giant dinosaur robots through that poor goddamn fucking town in Southern California every week. The series continues to inspire young kids to embrace their inner strength, learn that teamwork gets the job done, and to jump off furniture and break their arms. And that's going to do it for this episode of Space Castle. Thank you guys so much for listening and hanging out with me as I take a look back at Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, one of the most pivotal and important shows in my childhood. And I'm sure it was for you as well if you're listening. And just by listening and hanging out with me, you're helping support the show and you're inspiring me to do this every week and I love you for it. If you want to become a formal member of the Space Castle crew and earn all kinds of perks like stickers and privileges on our awesome Discord server, you can do so at patreon.com slash Pod. And you can find Space Castle on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, all at the handle at SpaceCastlePod. Drop me a line on one of those platforms and tell me all about your memories with the Power Rangers. Or feel free to shoot me an email about it at SpaceCastlePodcast at gmail.com if your story is particularly lengthy. I will sure as hell read it. I cannot wait to engage with you and chat more about Power Rangers. It's going to be fucking dope. Let's do this. In the meantime, I'm DT. And remember, the power is yours! Wait, fuck, that was Captain Planet. Fuck.